For calling, even more than mission, gets at what the Christian life is really all about, for it implies relationship. God calls a people to himself, and in him they find all they need for blessing, growth, and ministry, as day by day he speaks to them and calls them to continue on their journey into him, to increase in him, and to make him and his kingdom known. Welcome to the Inverse Theology Project. I'm your host, Tia Moore. This is Volume 13, Number 5, Practical Theology. How can we know God? How can we know God's will for our lives? How can we serve Him faithfully and fruitfully? The answer to all these questions is the same. God calls us. The Christian life is a life of responding to God's call. He calls us by his word and spirit to follow Jesus, and as we do, we find fullness of life and understanding into all things. But how does calling work? That is, what can we do to learn whether something we're doing or are inclined to do might be God's calling for us? This is a very practical concern, and that's why we take up the question of calling within the category of practical theology. Our focus in this study will be on scripture and poetry to discern the ways God calls certain of his servants to the work of composition. Along the way, we'll gain some insights into how calling works, and this should help us in discerning God's calling on our lives at various levels. So here is part one of scripture and poetry, an essay in calling. The way a Christian thinks about the life of faith determines how he lives that life and how he practices what he believes. One may, for instance, hold the view that life eternal, once received, is little more than holding on against the pressures of the world, the flesh, and Satan till the Lord returns to take us to our home with him forever. Such a view can lead one to a rather passive life of following the Lord with little risk, a minimum of discipline, and not much striving to improve in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Once life in Christ has reached a state of good enough, there's not much else to do but keep the faith according to one's own convenience. Some of this approach exists, alas, in nearly all who put their trust in Jesus for forgiveness of their sins and for the gift of everlasting life. But this view holds some truth since it promotes assurance of salvation, faithfulness in certain aspects of the life of faith, like worship, giving, and a measure of uprightness, and anticipating the return of Jesus someday, not long hence. A step up from this is to see our life in Christ in terms of mission. We are sent into the world as leaven, salt, and light to bring the good news of salvation to the lost. To any good that constitutes a good enough approach to faith, we add some undertakings on behalf of those who are without the gospel. At its best, this view insists that every Christian is a witness for the Lord. We must prepare to tell the good news as a complement to living like the Lord, that many more may learn of his redemption and be saved. More typically, however, mission comes to mean we undertake to send and to support those who are called to preach the word, both in the mission field and here at home. Our work of mission is through proxies, whom we give the title missionary or evangelist or even pastor. These we count on to sow kingdom seeds. We pray for them and give to help them in their work and tell ourselves that we are with them as they bear the good news, though we seldom share the gospel to the people in our lives. Less frequently, we hear the Christian life referred to as a calling, 
Right away, however, this view makes us think about some special class of Christians, those who have received some calling from the Lord to preach his word or undertake some other form of full-time ministry. A calling comes from God to those he sets apart unto himself, that they might consecrate themselves, prepare, and follow him into the work he has made ready for them. Such a view acknowledges that God calls people out of one condition or one way of life and sets another course for them, a course involving dedication, discipline, and sacrifice more than the normal lot of Christian folk. And yes, there is some truth in this as well, but not the truth which will, by prayer and further study, come to light. For calling, even more than mission, gets at what the Christian life is really all about. For it implies relationship. God calls a people to himself, and in him they find all they need for blessing, growth, and ministry, as day by day he speaks to them and calls them to continue on their journey into him, to increase in him, and to make him and his kingdom known to all the people in their lives and in each place where they pursue their mission to bring glory to him, make disciples, and advance his rule of righteousness and peace. Thus, calling cancels good enough and makes of mission a diurnal way of life. We see our lives as God does when the sense of being called defines the way we live. The scripture speaks of calling in three forms or aspects. Theologians use the term vocation to encompass each of these and all of them together. In each case, the Lord speaks by his word and spirit to the soul of one of his elect to give instruction, guidance, counsel, and commands specific to each individual saint. Thus, all believers, all the called of God, called first to him his kingdom and his glory. This is effectual calling, and it cannot be resisted, for the grace by which it works endows the called ones to believe in Jesus Christ, gives them a new heart, and conveys them from the sin and darkness of their unbelieving lives into that realm where Jesus rules at God's right hand and is about the work of making all things new. Each saint is called by God and set apart to him for holiness, and we pursue this way of life within the context and condition God assigns to us. Every saint exists within a, a network made up of relationships, responsibilities, and roles to which God sends us day by day as his ambassadors and witnesses. This calling is conditional and comes to every follower of Christ without exception. It describes their place in time and life where they pursue the work appointed to them by the Lord, all done unto him for his glory, and to make disciples build his church and further his dominion on the earth as it exists in heaven. Thus, effectual calling is the same for all who come to faith in Christ. The operations of the Spirit and the Word are everywhere the same. But each believer's life condition is unique and though a certain raft of disciplines and special protocols and practices outline our work as God's elect, the way we carry out this calling will reflect abilities and opportunities unique to each of us who knows the Lord. This introduces the third aspect of vocation, situational. That is, the day-by-day -day and every-moment way we make the most of all the time God gives to work our calling. Each condition will present new situations for us to apply God's grace and truth and wisdom for His glory. In each form or aspect of our calling, God suffuses and invests us with innumerable and incessant thoughts and speaks his word to draw us to himself, that we might find in him the strength to do our work with gladness and effects. The called life knows two states above all else, the state of work, 
for which God has redeemed us, and the state of rest in which we are refreshed in him. And, strange to tell, to some extent, we live in both these states at once. As God has called and sends each one of us to our peculiar work, to rest in Jesus and abide in his own spirit. Work and rest define our lives at every moment as we follow Jesus where he calls and leads. Since calling, therefore, is the proper way to view our lives as Christian, it behooves us to make sure we understand what this requires and how it works, especially, it would seem, relating to that calling or condition which the Lord assigns as the arena in which we must seek him and his kingdom and perform our daily work. What follows, therefore, demonstrates a way to structure and pursue each facet of the work we have been given, looking both at Scripture and the many ways that God reveals himself and his perfections through the common grace of which all men partake. Our focus is on poetry as an example of how God prepares and guides us to identify, embrace, pursue, and prosecute our daily calling in a kingdom manner and for kingdom ends. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the wealth of resources available to help you grow in your walk with and work for the Lord. Next, in Volume 13 of the Inverse Theology Project, we follow Satan's account of the temptation of Jesus and its disastrous consequences for the tempter. Until then, for the Fellowship of Ilba and the Inverse Theology Project, this is T.M. Moore.